Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated R because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya and
Sports Victory with Joy E. Turner. This is Victory for the Single Mom, and welcome, everybody, to Real Talk with Tanya White. I am your host, Tanya White, and I am absolutely, positively glad to be here tonight. Once again, this is our regular night. Last night, we had a wonderful, wild Wednesday with the interview with actress Lisa Ray. If you miss that show, I encourage you to download it. Lisa Ray is so real. She's so relevant, and she's so refreshing. Just what we like here at Real Talk with Tanya White. We want to say hello to everyone who is on the line and in chat. We thank you so very much. This is going to be a very, very, I'm going to say anointed show because uh, Joy Eterna, she is going to share some nuggets for the single mom, and I just have a, a feeling in my spirit that she's going to be real, relevant and refreshing, and uh, just be encouragement to single moms out there everywhere that, yes, you can have the victory. Yes, you got to press forward, but you also need to do what you need to do to raise well-rounded children. So I'm excited tonight. As you know, I am a teacher, and I'm very passionate about parents being involved. Uh, whether you're a single parent or married, you have to be involved in your child's life so that they can be the people that God has ordained them to be. You are very instrumental. So I'm excited tonight to talk about pressing towards victory. I love that Yolanda Adams song. I was up here dancing and, you know, had my little drums going. So I know I have the victory, uh, and I'm going to be encouraged tonight by Joy Eternal. But before we bring her on, I want to uh, encourage you to visit TanyaWhite.com. We have some holiday books that you can purchase to give away to your family and friends. Listen, uh, three books available, and they're all relationship-driven, how to have healthy relationships with difficult women, those difficult men, and how to have stop those reruns in your life. Visit TanyaWhite.com. Tanya is T-A-N-Y-A. White is in the color. And while you're on my website, all the information is up for our winning women who want other women to win. Unique telephone conference. It's a three-day telephone conference, just like if we were all gathered in the uh, Georgia Dome for Women That I Lose. But it's going to be on the telephone. We have eight women who are going to impart wisdom, motivation, inspiration, so that you can be not only destined to win in 2010, but determined to win and that you will not give up. All the information is on there. I'm telling you, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be something that you have never experienced before. Um, we have early bird registration for just $10, and we have event sponsorships for just $50. We have ads, full and a half page ads that start at $15. You all, as you know, Real Talk uses, uses aggressive marketing, so this will be a great event for you uh, to add to your marketing plan. Check it out at TanyaWhite.com, the winning women who want other women to win uh, 2010 is all about my sisters next year, so I'm doing a lot of things to empower us, to educate, equip, and just help us to know that to get off our procrastination soapbox and do what we're called to do. So visit TanyaWhite.com, get those books, and sign up for my uh, inspirational newsletter, Tanya's Tips. It is weekly until December 17th, and then we're going to go to monthly in 2010. Uh, it's free. It gives you tips for today to transform your tomorrow. But once again, tonight we're talking about pressing towards victory with one of the contributing authors from the Victorious Living uh, for Women. I hope I have that right. Victorious Living for Women compilation book. 
Joy E. Turner, first of all, she grabbed my attention. She uh, inquired about being a guest on our, our show, and it just excited me so. I said, you're going to be on here tonight. So we are honored to have Miss Joy E. Turner on. I know she's going to be powerful. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm so excited to be on the show tonight. You have no idea, Tanya. This is awesome. Thank you. Well, well listen, I want to say thank you for your creative and just, <laughs> you know, courageous. Most people don't know. That's when we talk about how to stand out in the crowd, and I'm one that I said, okay, she has everything. I'm not going to tell everybody because I want, I want no copycat. <laughs> But I do know. I want you to know that you have to be creative if you're pitching to Real Talk with Tony White or anybody else. And you were that Joy E. Turner. So welcome to Real Talk <laughs> with Tony White. Now, listen. Man. Before we dig in, I read your bio and all the great stuff. And I said I want her to tell us who she is in her own words, because I can just read words, but you can impart your passion about who you are. So can you do that for us? Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Well, first of all, of course, my name is Joy Turner. Some people just call me Joy, or some people even call me Joy Joy, but I went to the world in the literary arena as Joy E. Turner. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first book was released in 2008. That book is called Content Right Where I Am. Mm-hmm. And my second book project, which you did mention, is Victorious Living for Women. And I am among 40 fabulous women who contributed to that anthology, anthology that was just released uh, this month. Um, but aside from being an author, Tanya, of course, you know many of the women who are guests on your show hold multiple roles and wear many, many hats. And I am no different. So I'm actually a minister in training. Um, I'm a musician at my church. I've been involved in music since I was four years old. I started playing the piano when I was four um, mm-hmm. here in Baltimore City. I am a native of Baltimore, born and raised here. Um, I am a family-oriented person, but I'm also definitely an entrepreneur. I have a lot of coals in the fire right now, some different uh, ventures that I'm taking upon. But marketing is definitely something that I do by trade. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to school for marketing and have some experience in that. So that's among the many things that I do. But right now I'm just very excited to be um, able to minister to the masses through my gifts, through writing. Um, so that's just been a tremendous blessing and, and definitely a twist for me because I did not start out as an author, which is something I want to encourage our listeners. Um, you don't have any idea what God has in store for you. He is beyond your greatest expectation, he can take you from glory to glory. So that is a little bit of who joy is. There's so much, uh, three little letters, but such a big world. Yes, such (laughs) a big heart I can already feel as a writer, as a minister. And, you know, I always say I didn't start out as a writer, but, you know, I started out talking and encouraging people, and that's all writers do. We do it through the written word. So okay. I understand exactly what you mean. So now how you grabbed my attention. You studied <laughs> marketing. So that is right. But uh, listen, I want to, before we get into Victorious Living for Women, uh, I love the title of your first book, Content Right Where I Am. Yes. Uh, I've been a proponent of that and since I've had my aha moment when I was 29 and I've been Um, on that constant journey to be authentically me 
and be mm-hmm. content right where I am. So tell me what your inspiration for that book. Wow, Tanya, I I tell you what, um, I wrote the book, it was maybe seven years ago when I wrote the book, and I actually started off just journaling, getting some things off of my chest. And just to give your listeners a, a snapshot, just a peek preview into the book, um, I talked very briefly about an incident that happened to me in college. Uh, I was raped in college. I ended up dropping out of school, and from that just spiraled into depression, and among other things, just kind of, um, and it is my journey getting back to who I am, getting back to who God said that I am, getting back to the victorious woman that I know that I am. So just finding true contentment in my life despite the many pitfalls, despite the many adversities, and even some of my own choices, you know, that caused me to be in a state of depression and feel as though, okay, I'm not living uh, the life that I anticipated, I'm, I'm a failure, you know, but just finding that contentment in Christ. And it's pretty much based on the Apostle Paul and his stance to be content in whatsoever state. Um, one of the one chapters, one, one of the most important, uh, I guess, chapters in that book deals with being content in your single state. The whole book is not about that, but it definitely captures that because that's where I am now. I think that we need to not see the grass greener on the other side, but we need to value where we are. Mm -hmm. And right now, I just happen to be a single woman. I just happen to be a single mother, and I'm just picking and pulling and finding, you know, all of the fruit that God is is throwing my way and he's allowing me to, to feast upon even where I am now. You know, and, and it's it's just about a journey. It's my personal journey. Um, the book has different exercises for the readers to kind of find their own light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. But Consent Right Where I Am is a very, um, it's a very personal story. I really didn't even think it was going to be a book, but, you know, God just spoke to me and said that someone's going to be blessed by your story. Um, and a lot of people will not pick up the book and think, okay, this is a story about her rape because I want people to see themselves as being victors and not victims. I want people to see themselves, you know, not as being the failure but being the success. You have to walk in that. You have to walk in it. You have to believe it sometimes before you can see it. Um, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. So definitely that book um, it just comes from all – it's 100% personal, uh, nonfiction, definitely, for real, real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so that's, that's, that's the real part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I, we all had our journeys of trying to come to this place, uh, being content right where we are. And yes. I, I love the Apostle Paul. Um, I love all the books that he wrote. And Romans 8 is is my life print, and I have to go back <laughs> to that. Um, but, yes, being content is very – people think, okay, it's like a cliche. I'm content. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm in love with me. But eh, sometimes we're not, you know. That's so fine. I love what That's you fine. said. You said you had to make uh, – you were found yourself in a state of depression and other things because of the own cho- your own choices. Yeah. How can we get to the place where we stop blaming others for where we are and just say, okay, I made this mistake, and now I can, through Jesus, if you don't believe in Jesus, whatever you believe in, but through my that power, 
I can get up again. How can we come to that state? Because we have to realize before we can get on that journey of healing. Uh, That's right. That it, you That's know, right. So most of where I am is because I made bad choices. Yes, absolutely, Tanya. And I think for me, it just got to a point where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I know that's a cliche as well. Mm -hmm. But you really do have to understand that if you look around you, you know, my story, your story, Tanya, some of your guest story, nobody has lived a perfect life. Um, And even if you go and look in the Bible, if you are a Christian, if you are basing your life and trying to walk up right before the Lord, the people that God used, his prophets, his kings, his disciples, were some of the <laughs> mm-hmm. some of the most flawed people you're going to find in the word of God. But God used them, not because of their per- perfection. He used them because he saw their gifts. He saw inside of their heart. He saw their potential, and one of my favorite scriptures is actually his strength is made perfect in my weakness, and I was just joking around with um, one of the other authors. I was telling her, I was like, you know, I've I've got plenty of weakness, so I thank God for his strength who is made Mm -hmm. perfect in my weakness because I have plenty of weaknesses, and if you think it's all about changing your mindset too. Um, If you think the worst, you know, what what starts in your mind is just going to manifest, and sometimes you just have to change your mindset. That might be a simple thing, but it's not really um, – it's, it's very powerful. When you start changing your thoughts about who you are, you know, in my particular situation, just – pleading the word of God and saying, I am fearfully and wonderfully mm, made. Joy, that is my you know, favorite and... <laughs> Psalm 139. I literally and have this... to recite that every day for about five or six years because it helps Absolutely. to change your mind. It helps to change your mind. When you get bogged down with all the negativity, the, the stereotypes, yes, other people's expectations, you have to find what changes your mind to make it positive. If you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Joy E. Turner, and she's just giving a little tidbit. So we haven't talked about how to be victorious. We're talking about how to be content right where you are first. And that is like the first step to being victorious, wouldn't you say? That's right. That's right. It's like the precursor, the prerequisite. Absolutely. Now, Joy, you said you're a minister, a musician, a single mom. And, you know, as women, we have so many, uh, you know, emotional darts being thrown our way. That's um, right. You know, trying to fit some mold. I don't care. We can be the richest. Uh, we can be the most uh, beautiful according to society standards. How can we as women really, you know, before we become victorious, we have to determine in our mind, okay, who am I, and Mm -hmm. really act and move in that. How can we, we know prayer, we know uh, doing the scriptures, but how can we apply those practical things so that we really can start pressing towards victory? Absolutely. And you know what, I actually wrote some things down, just two very brief things. Number one, organization. Mm. Don't roll over that one, Joy. You say it (laughs) so, say it louder. I can say it loud. I can scream it, as a matter of fact, because I'm actually walking in that thing right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, organization is something that I have struggled with. And even now, um, being a single mom, I do struggle with it. But it's something that I acknowledge 
that needs to be fixed mm-hmm. within me. I may not be, you know, <laughs> what do you call those people who are excessively, compulsively, yeah. you know, OCD? Yeah. Yeah, OCD. I may never, I, I may never be be there, but I know that I need to get better to manage the things because God isn't going to bless your mess, you know. Mm-hmm. He, in order for us to give us more, in order for for Him to give us, you know, to overflow, overfill our cups, we have to have enough room to receive it. And I just realized, even even being a single woman desiring to be married someday, I have too many things going on that I may need to, God is telling me to get organized and prepare myself and prepare my heart, prepare my surroundings and all of these things. You know, you have to be organized to live victoriously. You have to be organized because if you notice that if you're surrounded by clutter Mm -hmm. externally, your mindset is going to be affected by that. And I... (laughs) I'm a, I'm a witness, mm-hmm. and and I'm dealing with some things right now that have gone on extremely too long, you mm-hmm. know, in my life. But you have to nip certain things in the bud. You have to get organized. Number one, um, number two, Tanya is setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say Boy, no. Boy, <laughs> Am I preaching? <laughs> I know you're preacher. Organize. I'm I'm still feasting off of that. Clean out the clutter. And then I'm a, I'm a proponent. I, I'm a relationship person, so I talk singles. I talk that boundaries are so important. And mm-hmm. it goes back to those when you talk about organized. Uh, we as women have a hard time saying no. And I mm-hmm. had to learn when I was getting organized and really pursuing and pressing towards my victory in my life. I had to yeah. learn how to say no without guilt without uh, explaining myself, and without apology. Yeah, and so right. when when you get organized, especially being a minister, especially working in the church, mm-hmm. because you know they will pull you to really operate in right. your gift and talent. So you have to say That's no. Right. Now, you didn't say set boundaries. Go ahead, Joy. I'm going to say set boundaries. You have to set them for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to set them for your child and your children because your children will test you. Mm-hmm. And you have to set boundaries for other people. You know, when coming out of having that low self-esteem and depression, um, I became a people pleaser very easily. Mm-hmm. And even even with my gift, you know, I operate in the gift of mercy and I, I tend to be a, a little bit, you know, on the lenient side, but God is telling me to, you know, man up for real, you know, <laughs> and, yes. and and seriously, because people will run over top of you, you know, people will pull you in every which which way. But number one, I have to listen to the voice of God in my life. If the voice of God is not consistent with these other voices, including my own, I need to to reevaluate. So definitely just those two things alone, Tanya, are enough to feast on because I'm still <laughs> I'm still gnawing at the organization bit myself. But it goes it goes to so many different levels. Organization could mean something as small as keeping your purse cleaned out. Oh, you know, Lord. and that's something God <laughs> out <laughs> something joy. <laughs> That hurt my toe. You stepped on it. It hurt mine first, girl. Let me just tell you. I told 
she was just gonna keep it real. <laughs> yeah, keep it real. Yes, and you are so right. It's so embarrassing being at the checkout counter, and you cannot. Yes. You have to take all your stuff out because yes. you're not organizing your purse. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you know, God just had me dealing, and even right now, on a weekly basis, you know, before I start my week, you know. I have to sit down and go through my purses because I have a couple of them and switch them and just move one lump of junk into the next one. And, you know, God just pricked at my heart and said, no, girl, you're out of order. So it's just little, it's it's the small things that can really hinder some of the big things that God is trying to do. So definitely organization and setting boundaries, that's where I'm at right now. Those are two big key key things because God is number one in my life and my son is my family, you know, and that's one of the challenges, Tanya, as well as when you talk about juggling career and ministry and things like that, everybody pulls at you, but my son has to come first because he's my home, Exactly. you know. I'm a hypocrite if my house is out of order. Oh, you you are picking in my window. I'm writing uh, my first fiction novel dealing with that. Um, Oh, awesome. Uh, let's go right into this because you said something so, so true, but unfortunately, me being a teacher, I see it all the time. A lot of single moms, a lot of single dads are not making the children their first priority. And so can you explain how, if you're single, a mother especially, how you can make, how what does that look like, making your child your first priority? Well, you know what? I can give you an example. <clears throat> you know, sometimes I have had to turn down um, opportunities to, to sell books or do book signings so that I could spend some time with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will tell you that in, I want to say, February of this past year, I lost my full-time job. I was laid off. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what's been interesting about that whole scenario is that my son feels that I am busier now than I was when I was working a full-time job, which he's he's right. So just like I told you, Tanya, I'm walking through this thing just mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm literally practicing what I preach because I see the need for it. Um, and even though I'm here, he notices that I'm on the computer, you know, I'm on the mm-hmm. phone, and it's not quality time. So one thing is to make sure that, you know, you're spending that quality time. Of course, people have to work. I know women that are holding down two and three jobs, but the time that you do spend, make it quality. Don't make it arguing. Don't make it fuss and make it, you know, sometimes I have to force myself. I turn off the TV, you know, turn everything off, the music, have him turn off the games just so we can chat at night. You know, I'll say, honey, let's talk. You know, so I just paying attention to your children, it seems so self-explanatory, but, but sometimes that's what counts. Exactly. And and, and that is true because children watch and observe, and they may not say anything, but they are internalizing those emotions and the feelings that mm-hmm. they have. You said something so critical. You have to turn off the TV and chat. We do not because the society has changed. I know. Yeah. I didn't understand when I was growing up. My mom and dad were married until my my dad died, and he it was very important for him that we all eat as a family. 
as a teenager, I was like, I do not want to eat with y'all. But now as an adult, I see how important and pivotal that was for me to be the person I am, Uh, Mm -hmm. just that family time together. So it is very critical uh, to chat with your child, to turn off the TV or watch what they want to watch and have dialogue. I know I have a niece, and we'll we'll go to Starbucks. That's her favorite place right now. We'll go to Starbucks. And, you know, they have this little couch, and it's like a little mini vacation. So we'll just mm-hmm. talk about certain things. So it's very important that single uh, parents, and if you're not a single parent, uh, because a lot of single parents, and we're going to talk about that, deal with a lot of emotional uh, baggage mm-hmm. that prohibits yeah. them to really raising that child. So sometimes when you have to step in that role as a mentor or, you know, uh, what is it called? It's a big brother, big sister, something like that to exactly. help a child out. If you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Joy Eternal, one of the contributing authors of Victorious Living for Women. Now, Miss Joy, your story in the book, uh, can you give us the title? Um, it is called, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Pressing, toward, Pressing victory. toward Victory, a single mom story. So if readers were to read this, what three nuggets would they get out of that, pressing towards victory? Well, I'll give you a hint without giving so much of the chapter. Never give it all. (laughs) It's just about pressing. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big acronym person. I love acronyms. So I have a little acronym um, based on the word press. Okay. Uh, for the readers, and and I just you are um, a minister, girl. <laughs> we love our acronyms. <laughs> I absolutely love them. I think I got an acronym for everything. But I I want to give um just press. I'm, I I want to say P first of all. Put God first. Mm-hmm. R release your inadequacies and shortcomings. E would be embrace your role. Count it all joy. You can't take it back. Count it all joy. You know, our children are gifts. S, seek wisdom through God's word and seek his face for guidance. And the the final S will be send up prayers. So there you have your press. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're going to take a brief break, and I want to talk about the R and the E part because... That is so critical. If you do those two things, put God first, then you really allow God to be in your life. These R and the E can be so uh, it's critical. So we're going to take a brief break, Joy. Then we're going to come back mm-hmm. and talk about this R and the E. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking with Miss Joy E. Turner, How to Press Towards Victory, a Single Mom Story. We're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to be back, uh, and she's going to explain the R and the E part. We'll be back in just a moment. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. If you have 99 problems, then one of these 99 males from hell just might be the culprit. This new release from renowned author Tanya White is not male bashing, but is about building healthy, drama-free relationships between men and women everywhere. This must-have informative guide helps women to identify the signs of men who are physically aggressive, sexually abusive, and emotionally obsessive. It will help them to protect themselves from men who bring mediocrity, mental breakdown, 
and melodrama, and it will also remind them to celebrate the nine men who are special K and make life okay, and helps women to recognize the power of their femininity in order to help difficult males become dynamic men. Pick up your copy today at www.tanyawhite.com or www.amazon.com, and ladies, pick up another copy for a friend. Guaranteed she'll thank you. Man, I've been trying to call her all day. Where's she at? This is the fifth Christmas that he promised that we were going to spend together. And here I am alone. He told me he was going out of town this weekend. But he never wants to tell me where he's going. It's funny. He always has to know where I'm going. Uh, it's the holiday once again. And I'm trying to call her and she's not answering her phone. I wonder where she could be. Hmm. Let me go see. I am sick and tired of this. I am worth more than that. Author Tanya White reveals the secrets to having healthy, productive, and long-lasting relationships in her new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship. Being trapped in a relationship rerun is extremely frustrating and emotionally draining. If you find yourself in an irritating cycle of unwanted, unsatisfying, and unhealthy relationship patterns year after year, then this book is sure to break the chains that keep you bound to having the wrong people in your life. The brand new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship, and also How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, is now available by logging on to www.tanyawhite.com. Once again, that's www.tanyawhite.com. Pick up your copy today. today. All right, we're back. We're talking about pressing towards victory. Uh, Single mom story with Miss Joy E. Turner. Miss Joy, are you there? I am here. Now, you you, you just ended that first segment with uh, acronym PRESS, Put God First. Release your inadequacies, embrace your role, seek wisdom, send up prayers. And I want to concentrate on the R and the E. First, let's talk about release the inadequacies. How, yes. how does a single mom do that? Because it's a, it, it is a lot of pressure, a lot of strain, uh, and sometimes, you know, you can just, you know, embrace that and stay stuck and I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that. How does one get Absolutely. over that? Well, you know what, it is about realizing that being a parent, whether you're a single parent or whether you are in a marriage, mm-hmm. it's it's difficult. Children don't come with a manual, mm-hmm. bottom line. Um, and there are going to be moments, you know, when you feel as though you are not making the right decisions or you haven't been the best parent. But God's word says there's no condemnation in Christ. And I think one of the things for me, I was very um, disappointed in myself for having become a single mother. Uh, that was never the ideal situation for me. That was never how I wanted to um, raise a child, being a single mother. And I just beat myself down and I just, you know, the, I, further the further down I became, the more I felt you know, like I'm not worthy to be this child's mother. But I just had to grab a hold of God's unwavering and unchanging hand. And, you know, he just kind of 
lifted me up out of that mire and just said, you know, you you are still my daughter. And now you have the blessing of this child. And, you know, furthermore, Tanya, the doctors told me that I was not supposed to have children. Mm. Um, I have a condition called endometriosis, and that was later discovered, but it makes it very difficult. It's probably the number one cause of infertility in women. Um, It consists of fibroids and scar tissue and things of that nature. But I have endometriosis, and I was told that it would be very difficult, if not impossible, um, for me to have children when I decided to have children. So when my son came along, you know, and after he was about two or so, and I became a single mom because I was actually engaged to my son's father. I didn't start out that way. Mm -hmm. But I had to completely let go of the idealistic life that I thought was was perfect. Mm. I had Can you say to, that again, Joy? <laughs> I had to let go of that idealistic life that I thought was perfect mm. because, you know, we make mistakes. God is unchanging, um, but we do things that are out of his will to create different things, but he still has a pathway to your destination. Mm-hmm. He still has. Uh, a road map for you to get to your destination. Um, And I had to realize, you know, all of this stuff that came about now, even the books, had I not been able to embrace being a mother, you wouldn't even have this story, you know. So I told my son, you know, just the other night, I said, honey, you know, he comes to me sometimes and he he asks me, you know, because he sees me frustrated. I've got so many things going on. Mm-hmm. He's like, Mom, are you frustrated? Is it is it about me? And I had to sit him down one night, Tanya, and I said, honey, I said, it's definitely not because of you. Mommy has a lot on her shoulders, mm-hmm. but you are the reason why I'm able to be content right now. Mm-hmm. And you are the reason why I am a victorious mother because you're my son. Mm-hmm. You know, so God has just always given me these divine revelations about me being a mother, and I'm able to embrace it. And a lot of women, you know, go through different phases. I just, my heart goes out to the women that are going through the, you know, post postpartum depression and right. then, you know, the toddler years when you're always t- tagging around, you always have a diaper bag in your hand. But with each phase, it brings a new level. It brings new challenges too, but it also brings new blessings. Like my son is 10 and, you know, he'll be 11 in February, but he's able to pray for me. When I'm not feeling well, my son grabs my hand and prays for me, Wow. you know, and it's just some of the things that, that you see as a mother, it, it's been truly magnified in my life as a single parent because I know that it's, it's not always easy. But I know that it's it's probably the most rewarding job that a person will ever have. Yes, yes, and that it goes to the next point about embracing your role. You said yeah. that you had to let go of the ide- idealistic life, and you had to learn mm-hmm. to embrace your role. And as women, as as fathers too, we have to you have to do that as parents because it is about the children. Once you bring a life into this world. It is your responsibility to nurture, to protect, to shake them so that they can be uh, healthy, whole uh, children 
and therefore become healthy whole adults because it's not saying that they're not going to have any problems, but when they do, they make right choices for their themselves and persevere. Uh, and so that is so important. I love that. Release your inadequacy. Yeah, because there's no going back, basically. No, indeed. No, yeah. indeed. And I, I struggled with that for a while. I mean, I cried, Tanya. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I did this to this child that didn't ask to be here. I mean, I felt a tremendous weight of guilt, um, right. especially after me and his father we we split apart. I felt a tremendous amount of guilt because I knew that that wasn't God's best, but I had to, you know, search some things out. I had to search my own heart to understand that God, you know, he offers forgiveness. He offers mercy, and there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. and it's only moving forward from here. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, once it's there, it's there. I, I want to go back to, because you said you had a tremendous amount of guilt. Were there mm-hmm. things outside of the depression that, because um, you said, you were you a minister at that time? Uh, and no, I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't okay. any of those things, actually. Um, I was actually trying to pursue a career in music as a secular artist at that time. I was accepted into Georgia State University for their music business program when I found out that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I was working two jobs and going to college uh, just to pay off some debt, and I was financially in a situation like never before. I was really set and, and able to do things, finally see some independence and see, you know, a different path for my life. And then when I got pregnant... Um, I knew that this was going to change my life. And when you talk about the E, Tanya, the embrace your role, Mm -hmm. you know, being a parent, it requires you to give up yourself, Mm, you know. Enjoy. (laughs) I have have that. That's my next note. Say that because you know a lot. Because a lot of women, single mothers, they revert to I've got to find a man to take care of me and my my children, and yes. and they throw all of their time and their passion, their money, uh, into that. I ne- as a teacher, I hear the stories. That's why my heart goes out to children. And I never forget one child told me uh, he was upset, and it was unlike him. And he said, "My mama didn't, you know, have me a birthday party." I'm like, oh, maybe she didn't have him on. He's like, yes, she did because she went out with her boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And so that Mm -hmm. showed me that, first of all, he was aware of what was going on and that you, that the parent at that time, she showed him who was important in his life. And so it's so important, like you said, that some things you just have to deny yourself right now because it is about the children. You can't do That's certain right. things when you're a parent if you're really embracing that role as a parent. That's right. That is absolutely right. Like some of the decisions that I am making now are definitely based around, you know, my son. I can't just up and leave. You know, as much as I would love to leave Maryland someday, I need for things to be in position. If I move anywhere, I need to make sure the school systems are okay. I need to make sure the environment is conducive to raising my son. He's getting ready to go into his preteens. I need to check out this. I need to check out that. 
right now, you know, and, and since he was born, from the day he was born, it was no longer about just joy. And um, I think that reality is enough to make some people really uh, become a little discouraged, but it's really not a bad thing because sharing your life with someone is what we want to do anyway. Well, for the women out there who are not, who don't have children and they desire to be married, you're still giving up yourself, yeah. you know. So, so with us as single parents, I tell you one thing, I never get bored. My son says he's bored all the time. I used to say that all the time, Tony, when I was little, I'm bored. I am never bored anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there is yeah. always you know, something. <laughs> always something. I know when I keep my niece, it's like I have to be on my toes. Uh, even though, <laughs> you know, we'll go to Starbucks. After Starbucks is Dora time. And she'll tell me, Auntie, I want to watch Dora. And so <laughs> what am I going to say? That's what the little girl, and, and she'll tell me, because I guess it's her time. But she loves Dora, so she's telling me what happened. And I'm like, who is mm-hmm. that? Who is that? And so uh, it's very challenging, and I, and I don't even have her full time. So, But when she's gone, I'm like, woo! And I give homage to my sister on how she does it with uh, two kids being a single mother. But I know it's very time-consuming. I'm up on my toes just when I keep her. And it's like, ooh, Lord, when she goes to sleep, it's like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yes, indeed. I tell you. And I never felt, you know, when you think about the responsibilities of motherhood from the outside looking in, it appears to be overwhelming, especially when you think about when you were a child and what your, what you may have put your own parents through. But it offers its very own unique reward. It really does. And I'm looking forward to, you know, my son and I have a different relationship now than what we did when he was two years old, when his father and I split apart. We have a different relationship now. He's growing into a a very responsible, compassionate, and intelligent young young man. You know, he'll be 11 in February and I just thank God for giving me the strength because there are times and there are moments um, when I truly, truly would not be able to have handled this had it been had it not been for the strength of the Lord. And that is the honest to goodness truth. One of the um, things that I mentioned before about the endometriosis, I have had uh, multiple surgeries, mm-hmm. and I know that coming out of the surgeries. Um, my son's still very young. The last one was in, I think, 2006. And just his compassion and just him understanding even that young, Mm -hmm. you know, to know. And even now with, um, you know, with the pain and stuff that I still go through at times, my son is so understanding and he's so, you know, compassionate when it comes to that. Um, but in his own 10-year-old mind, he, you know, if I tell him we're going to go to Friendly's and get some ice cream, you know, he's still expecting to go to Friendly's and get some ice yeah. cream. But to be 10 years old, um, he is he's very mature for his age, very artistic, and he loves the Lord. Mm. He, he knows how to pray. Um, this year we lost, he lost his pop-up. My stepdad passed away in January, and I was in awe at his strength mm-hmm. because I I knew that um, my stepfather had been ill 
for a while, and I knew in my spirit that he was not going to be with us um, for much longer, and that was another area of motherhood. I just prayed, and I said, God, I don't know. I can handle this, but I don't know how I'm going to help my son get through this. Mm -hmm. And do you know, Tanya, that whole thing was so smooth. Um, I remember meeting my son from school the day, you know, after he passed, and telling him, and he was just so calm, and he was just so assured that Pop-Pop was in heaven. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You know, I I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult, and that's how motherhood is too, and fatherhood too. There's some single fathers out there too. But sometimes what we think is going to be such a challenge, um, God just takes us through it so smoothly, and he, he carries us through. He carries us through. Wow, wow, Julie, this is so. You have a you have a voice of peace. So uh, everything that you know, you you're, you're talking about your son being so a, a strength, being strong, and everything. So he learns that from his mom because you have learned to embrace your role, and so that is so awesome to see. Now I want our time is quickly going, and I want to quick quickly ask you to share. You sent me an email. And you said this your project, uh, your writings. You want to offer a ray of hope to single moms, uh, uh, both spiritually, emotionally, and financially. So briefly, the, the give some encouragement, and then we're going to close, to the single mom who is just financially in dire straits right now. You know, she's trying to work to really literally make it. What one piece of advice would you give to her? Well, some practical advice. I would say to utilize your gifts. Every woman out there has some gifts. Um, I was teaching piano lessons. Um, God just opened up my my eyes to see some of the things that I have right in my home, mm-hmm. um, some of the things that I have right inside of me that I could use to help support my son and myself. You know, God is a provider. Mm-hmm. You know, he will take care of you. He will make a way when there seems to be no way, but never sacrifice um, yourself, your dignity, nothing is worth, you know, losing your soul. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is that you do decide to do for money, make sure that it is something that if your child knows about it, mm-hmm. that they will not, it will not be regretful to you. But God has a way that surpasses our, our limited understanding. Mm-hmm. But you have to trust in him, and you have to just go within yourself and seek his faith. Um, and, and just be encouraged. This is not an easy task. It is not an easy task, and I'm not here to tell anyone that. But it can be done, and it certainly has its rewards. So I just want to encourage all of our listeners out there, even the single fathers. We don't talk too much about them, but they are out there, too, doing the same thing. And it's such a blessing to hear about their stories as well. But be encouraged mm-hmm. and just keep your strength, keep your focus, and know that you are raising a woman or a man that's going to grow up and could possibly change the world. Yes. Yes, our, our president is living an example of that single mom race. Uh, yes, and I also yes. want to add to that, sometimes you have to change your uh, spending habits and yes. really chuck it up and, and not buy name brand stuff for season. And That's right. You do what you have to do because sometimes we, we, don't, we want more money, but we don't want to change our spending habits. 
So I would That's encourage right. women to do that also. What about the the single mom who was just, you know, at at her wits end spiritually? She she's really getting ready to give up on God. What would you say to her? I would say to find yourself a mentor. Mm-hmm. Find someone around you who is going through the same thing. Um, if you are not able to find someone, I'd be willing to, you know, offer some words of encouragement. I'm very easily accessible. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'll give out my email. I really, this is ministry to me, Tanya. It's not really so much about a book, but this is my life. And if there's anything that I can do to help other women that feel like they just can't take it anymore, you know, I, I want to be that sounding board. I want to be that encouragement. So I do offer myself to, you know, just kind of pray with them. And also prayer. Prayer mm-hmm. is my is number one. Um, just know that he hears you. And I intercede on behalf of my single mothers all of the time because it is tough. And it's a rough economy out here, yes. and sometimes we do have to work two and three jobs and do get two and three hustles going on, and it's exhausting. It's overwhelming. But just know that there is light at the end of that tunnel because God says it in his word. He can do, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. Okay. Um, and, and I hold on to that. I oh, hold on to that. And I love what you said. You you had to find ways to make money. And you had gifts and talents within you. And as women, we give away so many of our services that we could literally mm-hmm. be charging for. We'll fix, you know, our kitchen beauticians we have. Yeah. Uh, we know how to cook, and we just cook. So sometimes you need to really step back and say, what do I have inside of me that people would pay for? And just start slowly like that. Uh, people yeah. always pay for makeup and all the thrills. So just find that in it. Joy Eats uh, Turner, you have been a joy <laughs> very much. We are definitely going to have you back for our Women's Month in March. Uh, awesome. Give out your contact information so that people can contact you, get your books, and possibly uh, reach out to you. Absolutely. My website is www.joyturner.net. Again, that website is www.joyturner.net. I am also on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook under Joy Elizabeth Turner. And my email address is info at joyturner.net. Again, it's info dot, oh, I'm sorry, info at joyturner.net. And you can reach me either of those ways and find out more about books, events, projects I have going on. Um, I'm available for speaking engagements as well. I have quite a few things going on, but if you just need to talk or just need some information, I'll definitely make myself available. All right, Joy, we will follow up with you and get you back on in March. If nothing else, you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, too. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, we had an awesome, awesome interview with Joy E. Turner talking to, to single moms in particular uh, if you missed any of that, rewind it. It was powerful information. Visit her website at joy, uh, joyturner.net. And, and tune in Sunday. We're having a special Sunday show with Miss Jeanette Jenkins. She's going to give us 21, away, uh, 21 days and seven simple strategies for shedding that fat forever. If you've overeaten for Thanksgiving or you plan on overeating for Christmas, 
Jeanette's going to give you the plan to help you shed the uh, fat and to uh, live a healthy lifestyle. Uh, also, next Tuesday is a special show with Barry Floyd from The Game. He's TT from The Game, y'all. And so uh, he's going to kick some uh, real talk with us on Tuesday. And next Thursday, which is our last show for the year, we're going to do a wrap-up of 2009 uh tell you what was hot, what was not, and we're going to book a special guest for that. So tune in. My co-host will be the magnificent Mo Stigo. Um And so it has been a ball, you guys, this whole year. Real Talk has just done, grown so tremendously, and it's because you loyal listeners. So we're ecstatic for 2010. In closing, I just want to encourage all the single parents, moms and dads, it is very hard to raise kids. But it is your duty to nurture, provide, and protect your children by any means necessary. Sometimes you have to put yourself, your dreams on the back burner until your kids are at a certain age to release them into the world. But until you release them into the world, you have to protect and nurture them. And so I want to encourage anybody who's struggling emotionally, spiritually, financially, listen, go to Joy's website, and she has all the information. If you can't go to Joy's website, Go to God. He will put people in your life to help you do that because it's not about you. It is about the children. And you have to remember when you were a child, there was somebody in your life when your parents weren't there uh, to help you, whether it's your parents, your aunt, or whatever. So we need to nurture our children. And if you don't have children, adopt a child because you never know what ray of light you can bring into their life. All right, you guys, we love you. We're going to close out with a powerful, powerful song. From uh, Yolanda Adams, What About the Children? I couldn't play it at the beginning because I always cry. And if you listen to the words, you'll see why. Love you guys. We'll be uh, on Sunday as we'll have Jeanette Jenkins talking about that weight loss. Bye-bye.
Ignore you. 